watching Open Source Craft. The world runs on open source, and we speak to the people who shape the world. I'm here with Paulus Schausen. 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 Um, Paulus has a business information technology master's degree from the University of Trent in the Netherlands, or Twente. 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 I don't know how to pronounce any of this. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Um, he's currently a senior software engineer at Folio, which provides cloud-based property management software. But even more impressive than that is he's the founder of an extremely popular open source project called Home Assistant, which I'm really excited to talk about. It's all about home uh, automation. It's a home automation platform running on Python 3. Since it was created in September 15, 2014, there's been over 8,000 commits, 425 contributors, 101 releases, um, and just more popular than I think you ever thought it was going to be, huh? Yeah, no, this was like beyond like, I didn't even expect it to become anything. It just became. That's awesome. So talk to me about what you're most passionate about. I'm most passionate about uh, the quality of things. So when it comes to like the uh, home assistant, I, my goal is to have a quality, uh, you know, the, the core, the code has to be a high quality, but also the user experience, the design, like everything has to look good, feel good and be very usable like so mm -hmm. when you get started like it has to like all make sense mm -hmm. nice and um so your background as a software engineer talk to me how talk to me how you like first started this open source project and what was the impetus for it so when i i i didn't really intend to like start an open source project i was uh i just philips the released the philips ulights which was one of the first bigger companies to put out like uh, smart lights um, that were easily installable, worked on Android. Mm -hmm. uh, so I got them and I was like, cool, now you know, I want to automate my house. And so, of course, being like a programmer, I didn't want to go for some off-the-shelf uh, package. So I decided to create something myself, just a very simple script. It was when the sun is setting, turn on the lights. Um, and then worked pretty well, but mm -hmm. then I realized... We were not home, the lights were going on. That's not, you know, not good. And so <laughs> I had to add like presence detection to the script. And so then I added presence detection, but then I realized, oh, actually when the sun has set and we turn on the lights, it's too late. It's already like dusk before the sun is setting and we need, uh, we need the lights sooner. And so then I had to, I made it like to slowly fade in the lights, like 45 minutes, one light at a time will slowly fade in. And then when the sun was set, um, we would have like the light would all be on, um, and then I just kept iterating on it, just trying out. I was learning Python uh, more and more Python while I was working on it, and learning more best practices, reorganizing the code, restructuring it, and at some point it just turned into Home Assistant. Wow! And what was it like when you first put that code out to the world that you were working on for yourself? It it was super scary. Like it was one of my first things I put on GitHub. And when you put code on GitHub, even though nobody knows about it, nobody will just go to your profile, you still feel like anyone in the world can see your code, can like comment on it, or like can judge <laughs> you for it. And, you know, you make yourself kind of vulnerable. Mm -hmm. um, nothing of that happened at all. Like, I think a lot of times people are more impressed with like, wow, he actually, he built something. Mm -hmm. Instead of like, oh man, this is shitty code. I could have done a better job. Um, uh, yeah, I think vulnerability is courage. Yeah, and I like that you use the word vulnerable. It feels vulnerable to put out your work there or to do an interview podcast <laughs> like this. But other people, whereas we might see it as 
scary, other people see it often as courageous. So, um, so you got the project out there. I like how you explained it, solving problems. And so what happened after you put it out there for people? So, I mean, when you just put something out there on GitHub, nothing is going to happen because nobody, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm right. nobody on GitHub. There's like millions of people on GitHub. Like nobody's <laughs> just going to check out my profile to see what I'm publishing. And so mm-hmm. the first thing I did was like write good documentation just to say, you know, get people started because there's so many projects out there. And especially when things are free, like open source, mm-hmm. the time you spend until you move on is very little. You have to like, in the time that the, a developer or a user is trying out your project, if you cannot give them a reason to keep using it, they might not discover the feature that would have kept them to keep using it. And so just by writing very solid um, documentation, we really, like I was aiming for like, get people started and they see the value. Um, Then of course, just good documentation doesn't get people to use it either. So I started, um, you know, mentioning it on uh, Reddit in the R Home Automation subreddit, um, where people were like, oh, how would I do this? And then I would be like, oh, well, in Home Assistant, mm-hmm. I have solved it in such and such way. Uh, maybe you can think about like doing a similar approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that was just getting some more and more attention to Home Assistant. Um, and at some point, like one day, there was somebody opened a pull request, being like, "Oh, you know, we can improve this. Uh, do you want to add support for this?" Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I'm always playing with new technology, and Home Assistant becomes like my, you know, the place where I. When I read about a technology, I always, you know, I want to try it out. And so I always use Home Assistant for this um, because, you know, you only feel the pain of a technology when you actually has pushed something out to users. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you will always, you will never do like the dirty parts of like invalidating the caches or all these like the final things that makes a smooth experience. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I tried was using Polymer, which is a, a Google... Uh, UI toolkit for, based on web components. Mm-hmm. And so I built a user interface based on Polymer for Home Assistant. Um, mm-hmm. This was a very early version of Polymer. And this one actually also got on the front page of Hacker News. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so when it was on the front page of Hacker News, then it got a lot more attention, like for two, three days. Mm-hmm. After that, it like it quickly died down, of course. That's just how these pages work. But it like it was like in the minds of people and like more and more people were just like mm-hmm. g- checking it out and like, from there on, evolved. And I think you said uh, to me earlier that you promoted it a lot on Reddit. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, you want to, on the our home automation subreddit, there's just all these people that are, like, automating their homes, mm-hmm. and they are interested enough in it that they just don't want to, like, buy some off-the-shelf product. They are, like, programming on it, right? They mm-hmm. want to, like, automate everything, and they want to get the maximum utilization of all the products they have. And mm-hmm. So by interacting with these people and, like, showing what Home Assistant can do and then solving the, their problems in a more elegant fashion than their current solutions, mm-hmm. then, you know, you, you attract more developers. And as more developers are using a product, you know, developers don't usually just use a product. They will also develop on it. So they were like, so we made it easy to extend Home Assistant. So a lot of people have been like just adding support for this, adding support for this and Right now, there's over 500 integrations of like different things. Like, and these are like devices that, you know, we have this whole line of devices from South Africa that they only sell in South Africa, but we have support because we have some South African developers that added support for it. Wow. That's awesome. And now there's some stat like 
29%? What was the 29%? Yeah, so um, last uh, December, like, so the our home automation, they do like a poll, like, a, hey, what home automation uh, product do you use? Mm-hmm. And we've been leading the charts uh, for the last couple of months. And so in December was the last one, and 29% was using uh, wow. Home Assistant, the open source solution. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the biggest, the second one was a commercial solution called SmartThings. That's awesome. I reached out to somebody who works on the project, uh, Fabian. Yeah. And uh, Fabian had some nice things to say about you. He said, uh, Paulus's passion is a great inspiration. I like very much that he's friendly, cooperative, and helpful. It helps a lot that he's a smart and skilled engineer. Often his input on issues paves the way for a sustainable solution. And he wanted to thank you for your consistent or constant effort to make Home Assistant better. So that's pretty awesome. So on the one hand, you created something. On the other hand, I think you kind of manifested it just because you care so much about creating good code and you're passionate about it and you're passionate about yeah. the community. So I think that's great. Yeah. Um, I think that like it's, this is also like, like giving good feedback. It doesn't only like improve the code that gets into Home Assistant, but it mm-hmm. also improves the people that like, you know, they are developing something and their skills are getting better. Mm-hmm. And by improving their skills, um, indirectly, you improve their future contributions to a project like Home Assistant again. So, mm-hmm. you know, even, you know, I teach, I take some time to teach someone something and then, you know, not everybody will contribute back and like it will pay back, but mm-hmm. a lot of times it does pay back. That's great. I also want to mention, stay tuned. Uh, if you're watching the video at the end of the show, we're going to jump on Paulus's uh, laptop and get a demo of Home Assistant. He's even got some lights here that we're going to see turn on and off, and I'm excited to see that. Um, and if you're listening, you can go to codepop.com, and you'll see the show and tell video there. So I want to get back to building a community. You have, uh, it's up on GitHub, you have issues, but then at some point you realize just having it up on GitHub isn't quite enough for a community. Yeah, so this... Um, you know, community is all about interaction with people and not just like, hey, I have a problem. Okay, I have a solution. That's it. It's also about like, you know, building more and more like a friendships or relationship like, like, hey, together we're building something, you, you know, to feel, to feel that you're like part of something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so initially I only had GitHub issues, but GitHub issues is, is not the right platform to build a community. GitHub issues will allow people to report bugs. And somebody maybe reports an issue on the documentation, but even that sometimes people don't feel like they can create an issue because they are they feel like, oh, I don't understand the documentation. I am probably stupid. Like I don't want to like bother this maintainer with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna create an issue. And I realized this at some point, like we need a better way of like just you know talking about like uh, problems, helping people out. So I the first thing I thought of was like I'll create an email list. And so I created Google Groups. And people were like, you know, asking questions and I was uh, always answering them like, oh, you can do this, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one day I hit a milestone. I was really proud of that. It was um, somebody else answered a question. <laughs> so it wasn't just me answering questions anymore. Uh-huh. It was like someone else. And then that's where I was like, wow, this is like turning into something. Mm-hmm. But even with email, there's still a high barrier for conversation. You don't just do weird chit chat or like, Hey, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Or talk about like some new product launch, um, which in the home automation sphere, there's like product, new product launching like every week. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't really have a platform for people to communicate about it. And so 
Then I uh, found out about Gitter. Gitter is an online chat. Uh, you can log in with your Twitter or GitHub, so you don't need to create a new account. Um, and it allows people to, you know, communicate. And so we created a few chat rooms. You have one for developers, one for configuration issues, one for the iOS app, one for a Raspberry Pi image. Mm-hmm. And starting that, we realized like, wow, this is where now it really starts getting momentum. Really, people started helping out and getting like, you know, mm-hmm. getting more and more. And the cool thing about Gitter uh, compared to something like Slack is that people can actually, when they go to the Gitter page without logging in, yeah. they can live see people getting help. They live see the chat. They without mm-hmm. ever like making an account, you see people conversing, and you're like. You can then decide, am I gonna join or not? And so with Slack, where you first have to create an account, that's a pretty high cost to ask for someone without them even knowing if it's gonna benefit them. Uh. And um, on, on top of Gitter, we finally also added a forum. Um, and the forum is it's kind of like, well, that's old school, right? Like compared <laughs> to like chat. But we realized that on the chat, so many things are getting lost. Right, because it's just like this. It doesn't get saved. It doesn't. It, it gets saved, but you can't really find it. Like it gets mm. somewhere in the chat room. You'll search, but like people talk about it so many things. And so we launched uh, community.homeassistant.io. Uh, yeah. It's running discourse. It's an open source uh, Ruby on Rails uh, forum software. Okay. And it's great because we have all these different categories. Like one is like you know development and configuration are there, but I think my my favorite category is share your projects. And so this is like a forum, like a, a, a category where people are posting all these cool things that they built using Home Assistant. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, you know, there's one person he had like, he turned this Garfield doll into like an NFC scanner. So everybody in the household had like a thing they could tap against Garfield and would go into Home Assistant, like disable the alarm and like... What? <laughs> I, there's so many like cool things, like people that mount Home Assistant to tablets to their walls throughout their house and... Oh my gosh. There's just like so many like things that I didn't expect to be done with it are being done. Oh, that's amazing. And that's, I really appreciate you walking through uh, for us like the different pieces of the community that you need because, you know, it, it's not good enough just to have GitHub issues. And then you found out in the mailing list and from the mailing list to the chat room and from the chat room to the message board. You, yeah. you, so you, pretty feel, you feel pretty strongly that you need each of those because they all serve a purpose. So we deprecated the email list. Uh, so because the email list was about asking questions and so that became Gitter. And so, but the Gitter, the, the chat and the message boards is I think the, the golden combination. Chat and the message board. Yeah. So kind of away from email. That makes sense. I know a lot of, you know, uh, like the Apache Foundation, the Linux Foundation, they have like, they're very religious about their email lists. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And it's, um, I get it because it's like they've been doing it for so many years and I think the the amount of traffic that gets on like for like submitting patches on Linux for example is like huge right mm-hmm. like um, but I think for these kind of these are not enterprise people these are like home mm-hmm. users so they don't want to make it too difficult to get to the most efficient solution which like an email list has some efficiencies mm-hmm. um, they just want to have Oh, let's check out the forum, like, you know, an interface that I understand. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, so talk to me. So the home automation system. So if I download um, Home Assistant, I'm running it, I assume, locally on my computer at home, and it can interface with all of my Internet of Things devices, my lights and uh, my thermostat, all these little things. Um, 
but that's running on my computer. And I know I saw on your website that you can also run Home Assistant on Raspberry Pi. Yeah, and so uh, Raspberry Pi is this uh, small computer that you, it's $35, and it's a full-fledged Linux computer. It's not super powerful, mm-hmm. but Home Assistant doesn't require much. And so what I think around like 65 to 70% of our users actually use the Raspberry Pi to uh, run Home Assistant. And so we've been like adopting this in like how to get started. So we've been, we are publishing an official Raspberry Pi Home Assistant image. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is that people download this image, they flash it to an SD card, because that's the hard drive in a Raspberry Pi. You plug it into your Raspberry Pi, connect it to the internet, and you have Home Assistant running locally. Um, and we are trying to like make this process even smoother with like, you know, setting itself up as a hotspot to connect like to the Wi-Fi and hmm. we're working on like a configuration panels to get like, you know, get all the configuration done. Like you literally would have to plug in your Pi, just you can put it like away. You don't have to look at it again and you can just use your phone to set it up. Wow. That's what, that's what we're going for. And we have like this, this we're making small steps at a time. Um, but we're, I would say, halfway there already. So if you've already got it in a form that it's, it's like almost productized at that point. Yeah. So have people started asking you for a Raspberry Pi with it already installed? Uh, people have not, but I see it like other projects that are also running on a Raspberry Pi that like, you know, these mm-hmm. projects have been uh, selling such things. Um, right now we are, at Home Assistant, uh, not interested in doing that right now. Partly because of my visa, I'm not allowed to make any money. So, and the other part is, I would actually have to run a web shop, which you know also takes time, or would have to like find people to run it. Um, which all in all, that it's just a lot of effort that would take away from the thing I like most is writing quality code. Right. And so with that, how much time? So, so you're not making money off this project right now. You've got a full time job working somewhere else, and as you mentioned with your visa, you can't really you can't create your own business. Yeah, right now. How much time do you spend on this weekly? I think at least 20 hours, um, sometimes more. It's just like in the evenings, uh, you know, like four hours in the evening from 8 to 12. Um, Sometimes like in the weekends, like I'll hang out with my friends. We go to coffee shops and then like, you know, I Mm. put in like eight hours or things like this. Um, We did. Wow. Yeah. So I'm not allowed to make money, but we have been like, using Home Assistant brand for a good use. So we just started selling uh, T-shirts of Home Assistant. And um, we have all the proceeds of the T-shirt sale is going to the Electronic Frontier Foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way, I'm not making any money, but people get cool T-shirts and they support a good cause. Um, and in the last three days, we've already raised $400 for the Electronic Frontier Foundation. That's I want to buy a T-shirt. I'm definitely going to go buy it. Where do I? So I just go to Home Assistant. Homeassistant.io, and we'll have a we have a badge on the front page now. Nice, very cool. Um, oh, my uh, microphone. It's important. Um, so you mentioned that um, a little while ago, um, something surprising that happened in the project. Uh, ben showed up from Mozilla. Uh, yeah. So. We were doing, this was, uh, I think, last year in, like, June or something. And at some point, like, some person enters the chat room, as so often happens, and -hmm. he starts, like, suggesting things, like, oh, um, why don't, why don't, why why are you not using this? Or why are you not using that? Like, this would be a lot better. This would be a lot more efficient. And, you know, this happens a lot with open source. Like, you know, people come in, they 
don't know the people in the chat room. They, you know, I don't know if they know the project, if they've read the source code or any of this. Uh -huh. And they just come in and they're like, this should be done better. This should be done better. And most of the time, you know, I just ignore them because, you know, if they really think it makes better, then let them open a pull request and prove that it's better, right? Uh -huh. I am not going to go down this path of like, following suggestions of people on the internet I don't know to see if my software can get better. I don't have the time for that. And so, yeah. but Ben, he actually, he opened a pull request first to help like automatically generate uh, documentation, which greatly helped in like documenting our APIs. Mm -hmm. But then the next step, uh, what he did is he actually, uh, he was, uh, for his work, he is doing a lot of asynchronous programming with Python. And uh, that is made, that, uh, Asynchronous programming allows for a lot of concurrent things to happen at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so Home Assistant uh, had a core previously to Ben's arrival that was based on uh, a thread. So we could only run like 10 tasks at the same time. And if these 10 tasks were blocked because they were talking to like different devices that were a bit slow, mm -hmm. Home Assistant would actually not do anything. And so it was blocked. And so Ben started the conversion to asynchronous programming uh, uh, async IO for home assistant mm -hmm. and initially like I didn't know anything about like asynchronous programming like I, I read about it but like it's a pretty steep learning curve and so I never really got into it but then Ben managed to make it work like swap out our core and keeping it backwards compatible for all the old stuff so it was like it was a big change but not like huge mm -hmm. um, and so he, he started off and then I joined in and Pascal joined in, another of our contributors. And we've been learning a lot of, uh, about like asynchronous programming. And like after six months, we managed to convert the whole core and oh, home wow. assistant is like blazing fast now. <laughs> so it's like, there's no deadlocks anymore. It's like, it's super stable. Nice. That's great. Um, what do you feel like, um, could be better about the project? What are you working on next for the project? Um, so like I mentioned before about the Raspberry Pi is that we want to get to a place where you don't need to get to the terminal anymore. You don't need to edit text files to edit the configuration. We want people to be able to just use their phone, browse like our integrations, set up integrations, configure them, set up automations, and just you know set up everything that you would normally do through the command line and the terminal just from your phone. Awesome. And what do you love the most about the project, getting to work on it? Um, I think there's many different things that I love a lot about it, uh, but mainly the people. It's uh, open source has this cool thing where like uh, you are able to work with smart people, but from all over the world. Normally, when you're at your company, you know there's smart people around, but you know this is like the same smart people and they have the same insights. So um, you know you you know what they're gonna say. You know you kind of like absorb their knowledge. But with open source, you get like smart people with different insights and different like experiences and backgrounds from all over the world and you can learn from them and you can, um, you know, absorb their knowledge. And like, for example, how Ben converted our core, I wouldn't have been able to do that with like just me reading tutorials <laughs> or asking the people at my work. Like this is, you know, mm -hmm. he came in with his knowledge and helped like everybody. That makes sense. If you want to create the best home automation system in the world, you need to have people all over the world working on it. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, what bothers you about open source? I think the, the, 
the, the weakness of open source is also its strength is that it's very easily accessible. So, like I mentioned before, people will come into our chat room and start making suggestions. <laughs> or people will open a pull request, which it looks like they put in some time, right? Like a significant effort. Mm-hmm. But it's just not, they're taking, either they're solving their niche use case, not thinking about other use cases, and they're taking the project into a direction that it shouldn't go to. Mm. And so, you know, then I'm, you know, I'm pretty, getting pretty good at it, saying like, no, this is not uh, going to happen. And, um, you know, I, I close it fast, because then they wouldn't put more effort in it. But then sometimes they'll just start going into discussion, which is good, because I also make mistakes, obviously. But at some point when it's really not going to happen, these people just keep being like, no, we need this, we need this. Mm. And I always say, like, we build a home system in such a way that it's easy, if you don't like a piece, it's easy to swap out a piece without, like, forking it. So you can, like, mm. if you say, I don't like how lights work, you can create your own light implementation and home assistant will just use your light implementation instead of the built-in one. So we offer a way out for people that, you know, they want to have different things than how we see how home automation should run, mm-hmm. um, but that's still not good enough sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, I think if you're leading a project, you're kind of put in a, a position where you've got to be the opinionated one. Yeah. You have to, you know, toe the line. This is what we're building, and here are the principles that we're building it, and just, I, I don't like telling people no either, <laughs> but at some point, you have to tell people, like, here's what's going to make it into the core, and if you want to build this, you know, fork it. Just fork it and, and do your yeah. own thing, but it doesn't belong with my vision. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, like, if people build something and they, you know, they maybe, maybe their implementation gets a following and they can prove that their implementation was better, you know, it's always possible to, like, bring it back again. Mm-hmm. It's, that's the beauty of open source. Oh, so you're saying like, they can go off and do it as a fork and then after their execution kind of come back and... Refle- here's what I did, just take a look. Yeah. That's and then we have some results. Like, uh, I think it's way better for me to look at results mm-hmm. than to look at an idea. Because an idea can go any way, any direction. Mm, that's a really good point. Um, all right. Well, I'm really excited to get in and to get this demo of uh, home, uh, home Assistant. Should we, should we jump right into it? Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right. Let's take, uh, oh wait, well, hold on, we have to finish the episode for people listening. If you, <laughs> thanks for being on Open Source Craft. If you're watching right now, hold on a minute, we'll get to the show and tell. But if you're listening, you might want to jump on codepop.com to get what we're about to do, unless you're watching us live, in which case you'll hear it now. But thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for being a part of the show. <laughs> <laughs>